Hey everyone, a quick note before we continue that this is the season finale of Word Tetris Season 2. The show will be taking a few months off from its public face, but I am intending to have uh, future content go up during the hiatus on the Patreon. So if you sign up at patreon.com slash wordtetris for even the $1 tier, you will continue to get content, not on a weekly basis, but I'm shooting for at least one to two episodes a month during the hiatus. It will definitely last through all of the summer but maybe a little bit of the fall too. I'm hoping to have this show come back on its weekly schedule sometime in the fall. But if you want the content that will be exclusive to Patreons, you got to head over to patreon.com slash wordtetris, sign up for the $1 tier or the $3 tier. I'm not sure there'll be bonus episodes yet or not, but either way, sign up, get that content. Don't miss out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And again, that's patreon.com slash wordtetris. Get with it. Joe Henderson. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How you doing? Pretty good. We Pretty are, good. We are, it is Wednesday before the season finale of Lucifer. That's right. And you don't know if you're picked up yet. I have no idea. So this could go up and this, we could, you, one of two things could happen. You could get, your, your assistant could walk in and say, Joe, you need to pick up the phone right now. Mm-hmm. And you could get a really good call or bad call while we're recording, which mm-hmm. would be hilarious. Or that would be amazing. <laughs> or you, could, this could go up and you get the news. But we're talking as if you haven't gotten the news yet. Yeah, this is this is gonna be a weird one because by the time this goes up, we should know, right? Um, because we'll know before upfronts on Monday. But right now we are in limbo, and it's it's uh it's funny because we just we genuinely have no idea. We're we are just waiting. We're going up the. This is going up the uh the more the day of the season finale. It's going on Monday, so. Uh, uh yeah, quickly, but let's plug that before I forget. Yes, yes. So that's it. You guys are at what eight or nine? You guys are eight or nine. We're at eight. You're at eight. Eight eight p.m. tonight. Season finale of Lucifer. Get with that. Um, as for this show, you can find if you're listening, get the first twenty minutes for free at wordtetris.com on iTunes, all that stuff. You want to hear the full episode? Head to Patreon at patreon.com/slash/wordtetris. Sign up for a dollar, you get the full episode. Sign up for three dollars, you get the full episode plus a bonus episode we're going to record, and that's going to be about Joe's new new comic book. Plug the comic book quickly. Okay, uh, Skyward is a, a new book from Image that I co-created with an artist named Lee Garbett. Uh, it takes place uh, in a world where gravity has become a fraction of what it is now. And so uh, you can now leap through the sky with a single bound and jump over buildings. And you can fly through the air, but if you jump too high, you don't come back down. So it takes place 20 years after this uh, devastating event happened called G-Day, where gravity became this fraction of its uh, former self. And it follows a 20-year-old woman named Willa who absolutely loves it. Um, she, this is the only world she's ever known. And she loves being able to soar through the air and feeling free as can be. Uh, and it's the story of her and her father who was traumatized by G-Day and wants to try to figure out how to change the world back. And uh, I've read the first issue and it is adorable. Thank it is, you. It is an adorable comic. Thank you, man. Um, I appreciate that. It, uh, Will, Will, Willa or Willa? Willa. 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 Willa is just, she's like a, uh, she feels like a, a Bill Lawrence character. She's just so, she's <laughs> just so happy 
yes. to be alive. <laughs> yeah, the, the the hope was to uh, to tell a story that could easily be a dystopia, but not going dystopia, and mm-hmm. instead going more uh, well, or just the world. A terrible thing happened, and humanity survived, and humanity adapted, and humanity thrived. Because that is, to me, what humanity is: is we can face the the worst the world can throw at us and adapt. And so, the fun to me was almost skipping over the part that most movies would hit, which is the, oh my God, how do we survive? Where we have to survive in packs. Which is and... the comic everyone would expect from the showrunner of Lucifer. Right? I know. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to dodge expectations here. But, uh, but yeah, and play more with just the idea of what if someone loves this world? What if this is the world that they adore and really put us in her shoes and understand why? So I want to start. I, every other showrunner that has come on the show thus far mm-hmm. is someone who's created the show that they're showrunning. Aha. You. I'm new. Are a different beast. Mm-hmm. You did not create Lucifer. No, you, I did not. Well, you are, but you've been showrunning it since day one. I've been showrunning it. I showran it uh, season one, and then I've been co-showrunning it since season two with Ildi Modrovich. So, what is that process like as a writer? Because you don't want your the show got bought and sold and picked up for a reason, mm-hmm. and the last thing you want to do, I assume, is subvert that reason yes. to make it yours. So, how do you come into it? Being true to what the creator wanted, but at the end of the day, it still has to be your show because you're the one running it day to day. It's a great question because, uh, I mean, first of all, the reason that I signed up for the show is because I loved the pilot. Um, but for, first of all, I hated the idea of the pilot because I'm a huge um, Sandman fan. And the idea of taking Lucifer and having him work in a police procedural, I found offensive until I watched it and I saw what they were doing. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's good. Oh, that's really good. Oh, that's fun. Uh, and then when they offered it to me, I just jumped in with both feet because it really is. It was my chance to do um, a, a Buffy or an Angel or something like that and use the the confines of a police procedural, which I like limitations. Limitations are good because they force you into a box and then the box is what you play in. And so being able to play in this box of a police procedural where one of the characters happens to be the devil is an exciting challenge. It's quite possibly the most ludicrous concept that I've ever heard of, <laughs> and I love it. No, what's funny is if it wasn't based on an IP, I don't think it could ever get made because it's so ridiculous of a concept. It's bananas. It's absolutely bananas, and uh, but they take it seriously, and as long as the care, in the same way that calling a show Buffy the Vampire Slayer is absurd, but that absurdity almost allows you an opportunity to tell. Um, no, if you just called it stories. Buffy, no one would no one would have watched it. Or if you, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. If it was like the Vampire Slayer, you'd been like, all right. Um, but the that the the craziness of the concept and it it, it it draws the eye and immediately tells you you're doing something at least a little different. To your original question, uh, my goal was just uh, to both maintain the voice of the show. Um, put in a little more procedural um, momentum because the pilot is an amazing pilot, but it isn't really set up with the um, what the engine of the show is. So that was one of the first steps was figuring out how to uh, keep it going and make it so that Lucifer is always involved and always going in it, but also making sure that Lucifer is invested. Now, did you reshoot any of the pilot after you just came on? Uh, we we did a little cast reshuffling. We brought uh, Kevin Alejandro on. That's right. the only stuff we reshot. Well, yeah, we didn't reshoot anything for story, um, and because really it, it was all there. Just it what wasn't there was setting up an engine, but that's something that you can do in future episodes. And so early on, the big part of that was setting up why does Lucifer care? Why does the devil care about humanity? Which is a great question to ask because you're already cutting to character. And one of the things that we discovered early on, and I'm very grateful we did, is uh, is Lucifer can project himself onto cases because 
like most shows, if your hero cares, you care. But why does the devil care about a random human? There's your challenge. So our solution was, as long as he cares, as long as he can project himself into the case, as long as anyone who is dead or anyone who has committed a murder can act as a proxy of himself, then all of a sudden you care because he cares. And because the character that they created in the pilot is such a sort of an innocent in his own way, like as much as he's the devil, he's also sort of an eternal teenager who's trying to figure things out and learn. Um, because of that, you sort of forgive him for the selfish way in which he makes every case about himself. Now, <clears throat> the show was created by uh, Tom Capinos. Yes. Was he involved at all past when you came no. on? And he so he so you didn't have any connect talks with him. Be like, what, what was I've your plan? I've emailed with him a couple times. Right. He's been very lovely. He was excited when I joined the show and said some very nice things. Um, that was it. Right. Uh, so I'm curious. So he didn't. So he said, "Go with God." You take it now, like yes. have fun. Yes. So, so is that hard to do? Was I'm always curious about the guys who end up coming on as like they're they're the guys who end up writing the sequel or mm -hmm. like you know the big blockbuster movie or they're the guys who end up show, show running a show they didn't Ooh. create. You know, there are guys who are jobbers who just that's what they do. But then there are also guys who it's like. That's not what I, I don't think you probably envisioned show running a show you didn't create. Did you? Was that I mean, ever part of the plan? You're just like, I just want to show run. I mean, I just want to show run a good story, right. a good show. Like I, I was never against it. I'd met actually on a couple other shows to uh, potentially uh, step in and uh, I was very open to it. Just the question is, is, is it a good place to write? I mean, I've come up on writing staffs. Like to me, that's just a normal part of the job. You write someone else's voice or in the case of Lucifer, what I tried to do was, uh, imbue my voice into the show. I'm very fortunate because the voice of the show was close to mine. It's It's got a mixture of fantasy and humor and cop drama. All of that stuff speaks to my background and what I like to write. Um, if it had been a different thing, it might have been harder to sort of steer uh, my voice into the show without making it feel like two different shows. But as was, it was more like, wow, like this is like a gift from heaven. What were the things that you wanted? Because the you know, not unlike editing, where the market for good editor is not one who knows when to cut, one who knows when not to cut. Mm -hmm. What were your things you knew? This one, I will not change. This will stay as it exists, and I will not do anything to screw with this. I mean, I I, I didn't change much about the pilot other than uh, a little bit of a cast change. Um, I, but I going forward as a whole, like you were like, okay, I. You imbuing your own voice into mm -hmm. it. You're injecting yourself into it. You know, and uh, but going beyond the pilot. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, where you like, well, this is the part of the pilot. I, this is what I liked about it. This mm -hmm. is what I didn't like about. It. This is what I'm going to drop over time. The the element of it that I liked the most that I took as the uh, license to experiment was the Doctor Linda character, because what happens is Lucifer goes to the therapist, and you have this just really bizarre sequence where. Um, she's just wildly attracted to him. That was a great. I watched the pilot, and that was, that and was it's awesome. so great. And, and she—that's the girl from Suits, isn't it? It's Rachel yeah. Harris. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. And but I watched that sequence, and I realized that the show could be funny, and it, it was funny, and he was funny. But I realized that you could have other characters be funny too, and it really expanded the tone of the show in a way that I found very appealing. Because for one, you can hire a comedian. Uh, like Rachel, who has just incredible comedic timing, to come in and play, and that means you can get guest actors who are being who are just being able to do more than deliver expo and move on. 
Um, but you could just shift tone a bit. And that was sort of my license to, to, to play around a little bit. And so that was the lesson I tried to take from that sequence. And really just Lucifer's sense of, um, of, of honesty, of genuineness. Like watching the pilot, what I really winnowed down on and took away from is that Lucifer never lies except for to himself. Like, that's the very clean thing. He's very innocent. He's very noble. He's actually got a code. The only person he lies to is himself because he's not aware of it. And I don't know if that was intentional on Tom's part uh, or not. Uh, Ildi also did some writing on the pilot, so that was very helpful because uh, I talked to her a lot about it, and that was at least an element of what she was writing. I don't, I can't remember if that was um, so intentional as a series concept, but it was something that I... But it was the thing you latched onto and was like, this yes. is... Whether it was there or not, you're like, this isn't the pilot, and this is the thing that's going to. This is a moral code that makes him heroic. Right now, going forward, as you start finding your footing into the show, and now it is yours, and you are running it day to day. What are the things that you started checking yourself on? Be like, well, this was working, this wasn't. How did you go about crafting it beyond that point? You mean like through the process? Yes, through the process of season one. Uh, A lot of it was the balance. A lot of the really tricky part was how much procedural, how much mythology, how much humor. Um, and that you can see through season one as we sort of meander about. Um, sometimes it's a much more procedural episode. Sometimes it's a much more mythological episode. Um, you know, it's it's a part of it is the very standard. What are the strengths and weaknesses of of your actors? Um, and we're very fortunate that it's almost entirely strengths. Uh, but how do you play to those? How what kind of lines can they deliver best? What kind of moments are the most uh, suited for and what kind of moments do they not know that they're as suited for as they could be um, but the biggest challenge was uh, um, tone like how funny can we be how weird can we be how dark can we be and um, making sure that uh, the the procedure fed into that as opposed to um, as opposed to just almost being an arbitrary element <clears throat> what was a point in season one where you went this is like you went this is it right here uh, oh, that's great. Uh, episode 106, I think is what it ended up uh, being. It's the, uh, the episode where we have a, someone stolen something from Lucifer. They're trying to find it. At the very end of the episode, you realize that someone has stolen his severed angel wings. That was the episode that we really clicked in. Because for one, you've got Lucifer actually caring about something. Uh, two, you've got a mythological item in it. But just three, it was just humor started landing. We had uh, uh, just just a really good guest cast that worked that understood it um and we had four episodes to figure out what was working and what wasn't that was the one and honestly just whenever you can get to a mythology episode you're usually in a potentially better spot everyone's invested everyone cares we um started leaning on the guest cast a little bit more for the first couple episodes they really wanted to be your main leads a couple episodes in you can start experimenting so you know we leaned on kevin alejandro a little bit more we leaned on leslie ann a little bit more that was the episode that started to feel a little bit more like an ensemble. And that's the first episode that we really dug in on the therapy with Lucifer and Linda. And that was exciting because to me, that was one of the elements from the pilot that you could have either walked away from or really embraced. And to me, the devil getting therapy was just such a meal. Did you feel that in the writing of it? Or was that something that was coming out once you started shooting it? Like, was it when you were writing it? We had to start shooting like, it. Yeah, in the writing. Like, with, in the breaking. Right, that's what I mean. In the yeah. br- when you were breaking it, was that, were you yeah. feeling like, this is it? Yeah. Or, so we, when you got to shooting it, you were already confident this is going to be. Yeah, and then it turned out as well as we'd hoped. So right. that was nice. Because sometimes you're breaking something, you're like, oh, this is awesome. And then it comes out and you're like, okay. Okay, it worked. Well, okay. Work we tried. Here. We swung. Yeah, yeah and, and 
then eventually, of course, in post, you find a way to actually make it great. And some of the episodes that you hate because they took so much heavy lifting uh, end up being audience favorites because they don't see the sins. But that's what's still just haunting you. You're just remembering <laughs> the eight cuts you had to go through to get there. All they see is the episode, and they're able to just go, "This is a great episode." So. As, as a showrunner, how many uh, how many passes do you like to do before on the script versus what the right from what the right turns in? I like to do as few as possible. Mm -hmm. That is my goal. Um, I'm I firmly come from the uh, camp of I want to see the writer's voice in a script. I don't. The way I like to approach it is. Uh, I don't care whether or not I would have had them say that line. Would they say that line? That's that's how I like to approach it. I love the, you know, like I love it on Buffy when you're like, oh, that's a Ben Edlund episode. That's a Drew Goddard episode. That's a Jane Espison episode. I liked when I could tell who the writer was before they came up. It was all Buffy. It all very much felt like Buffy, but like the individual contributions make me happy. And on our show, we really tried to foster that sense of, um, hey, write write the show, but listen, like put yourself into it. Um, you know, like uh, invest yourself into it and and let some of yourself shine. Do the writers have ownership from the moment they pitch an episode, or is it very much a room break and then you hand it off? Room break and hand it off. So, but so everyone like, has investment in every episode. Exactly. Do they know what episode they're gonna get before they before they're breaking? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Uh, we usually start the season with people not knowing for a little bit, just kind of fun, and then we're sort of also just trying to figure out what. What we're gonna need when, like, as people start to peel off, we're like, oh, okay, maybe we should hold on to this person, this person, let this person go. Like, as you sort of figure out the ebb and flow of a room, because some rooms are, some people are louder, some people are quieter. Um, you might need um, different strengths at different moments, so it gives us a flexibility. Towards the back half, people pretty much know what their episode is by the time uh, we're breaking them. When 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 they don't know, is it a lot of like, I want that one, I want that one, I want that one? Sometimes. Are there battles over, like I'm picturing like arm wrestling battles over who gets an episode. It's usually more like, a, wow, that's a really good episode. Sure would be nice to have that episode. <laughs> really like that episode. <laughs> uh, one of the things we do too though is uh, when we start our seasons, we're a 10 person room and we're a 22 episode show. So what we do is the first week we break the entire se the se like season arc. We figure out what the pathology is, which of course will change numerous times. But for the first week, boom, here is the broad strokes, here's the character arcs, here's where we're going with them. Next week we split the room in half. I take one room, she takes the other, uh, Ildi takes the other, and we choose the names of the writers out of a hat. <laughs> completely arbitrary so that no one feels like uh, it's like hey up, uh, uh, upper levels over here and lower levels over here or any sort of sense of anyone being better or worse than anyone else um, so it's like a draft 100% but <laughs> it, it, it's like kickball if you picked them out of a hat instead of uh, otherwise so it, it's completely random and then those two random rooms start breaking episodes one and two, and Ildi and I will go back and forth and see what the other room's doing. And I'll go to Ildi and be like, hey, um, I'm thinking about setting up this. Does that help you or hurt you? And she could be like, oh, that's great. I can take that and go here. Or she'll be like, actually, you know what? I'm, we're doing that. And I'll be like, okay. And depending on which episode needs it more, we'll, uh, we'll defer on you it. You know what I like about all of this? It sounds so calm. Yes. This is one of the few times where I feel like I've walked into it. I've heard about a situation where it just calm it's calm everyone's cool no one feels like i'm yeah. sure you know there's because making a television show is stressful enough mm -hmm. let's not add more stress onto that that is very much our philosophy and we hired writers who don't create drama um we don't create drama we're a 10 to 6 room sometimes seven um we do have to work the occasional weekend one day max 
Um, if we're, our backs are against the wall, we try to use those sparingly. Um, what we did actually this last season is we we worked a little hard for like the first seven episodes or so. Like we worked a weekend here, and, uh, a Saturday here and there um, just to make sure we were ahead. And then we were able to go 10 to 6, no weekends for most of the rest of the time. That's great. Got If you get ahead, then all of a sudden we just, towards the very end of the season, we just barely made it in. Did you find, did you find that fostering that attitude created better, better quality scripts that you had to do less work on? Yeah, I think I think it's two things. One, uh, early on, um, I had to do more work on scripts because you're trying to guess what the voice of the show is. So for one, we most of our staff has been on the show for three years, so most mm-hmm. of them know how to write the show. Um, they know the voice, they know what they're doing, and they they know. And by the way, know how to write the show is such a subjective opinion, right. but they know how. Ildi and I right, like the show. show to be. Um, so that's really important. To hear the rest of this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash word Tetris.